1: Look
2: at the spiritual connection to money and bondage. Look at the last part of verse 10 again. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith. They've walked away from God. They've wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. See, the love of money brings bondage and causes, if we're not very careful, causes spiritual decline in my life and unfruitfulness.
0: Many people think, incorrectly, that the Bible describes money as the root of all evil. What it actually says is that the love of money is the root of all evil. The distinction's important. There were many wealthy people that God used, Abraham, Solomon, Joseph of Arimathea and others. They understood that money was a tool to be used. Pastor Mark will be teaching us the same kind of lesson. We need to embrace the notion that being in debt is being in bondage to the one we owe. The sooner we can get out of debt, the sooner we can use the resources God gives us for his kingdom. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in John chapter 8 with his continuing series called Free to Live as God Intended.
2: Now, watch what verse 10 says. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now, notice Paul doesn't say, keep your lives free from money. Hello, how are you going to do that? You can't live. He says, no, keep it from the love of money. See, money in itself is not the problem. Money is neutral. It's neutral. It isn't bad or good. It's necessary. That's how we live. But the love of money is very different. That is the problem. Do you know that a homeless person can still have the love of money? Do you know that rich people who are incredibly rich, blessed by God, they may not love money at all because I've known many of them. They're just generous with people. So see, it isn't about where you're at. It's about our heart. So we're warned to keep our lives free from the love of money. Again, nothing wrong with having money. That's how we live. Let me give you an illustration because sometimes you guys forget what it's like. Let me show you how important money is. Not only for you and your family. That's the way God did it. All right, Jesus. He comes to earth as a man. He gets 12 guys. And for three years, they go through and do ministry all over Israel, up north, down south, whatever. Now, let me ask you a question. How did they do that? None of them worked. They worked in ministry. They didn't didn't have a job. Remember, the disciples who were fishermen, they gave it all up and left. So how did they work? Well, Pastor Michael, I mean, he was God's son. So I'm sure like every morning when Jesus went out, God just sent money down to him. Uh, no. Do you know how they managed? Oh, Here's how. When we were in Israel just a couple weeks ago, we went to a new spot on the Sea of Galilee. It was fantastic. And they've unearthed another synagogue that Jesus taught in on the Sea of Galilee. And it's in the town of Magna. Mary Magdalene, who was freed of her amazing demons. And she was known... And when we see the history while we were there, as they've unearthed it, it's gorgeous. Jesus taught that. She was known as a rich woman who had skills. Do you know through the Bible, the Bible tells us that many people, many, mostly women, funded Jesus and the disciples' ministry. Isn't that amazing? If they were in debt in those days, who knows what would have happened? They gave generously. Jesus had close friends. Remember Lazarus, Mary, Martha? He would go spend time at their home. They'd feed him. They'd take care of him. So the way God provided for Jesus and his ministry was from friends and people. They gave money. They were in generous. Now, let me ask you a question this morning. How does God fund ministries today? Today? How do we function? Who helps us have air conditioning? Anybody glad you had air conditioning this morning? Yeah, I noticed you weren't here when we didn't have air conditioning. I know. I'm just joking. Let me show you something. Just recently, Linda and I went to a new area of India. You know, We changed because of other issues. And I got to speak in Kathmandu, and then I got to speak in Delhi. And... We had decided as a church, and I can't show you these because they're too dangerous for the people, but we're funding 21 brand new Christian Indian pastors in their little villages, all around 21 of them. And they're doing ministry. Now, why why did we have to fund them? they don't have enough money to do ministry. It's impossible for them to do that. Let me ask you a question this morning. Who pays for the electricity here? Why do you have a seat to sit in? What happens when we begin to go and do missions work all over? A few years ago, we had to build a brand new church for Vieira. We never thought about that. And then Sebastian, we're enlarging a place where they can meet on Wednesdays or whatever. Who provides for all of that? This is being watched by people all over the world because we have in our IT department a bunch of mice that kind of connect the internet together. <laughs> See, many times people don't understand. How do we fund this place? Raise your hand. I notice like 80% don't put your hand up. I'm very serious. See, you want to come and enjoy all the benefits But you don't feel any need to help fund it. I don't know who you are. But see, can you imagine how much ministry churches could do through the nations? Say, well, Pastor Mark, will you get off of that? I'm trying to show you a principle. See, you love your money and your debt more than you love people. Well, no, I don't. Yes, you do. And you'll learn that as I go through the teaching. This isn't to condemn anybody. You heard Dave Ramsey say the same thing. About 4 to 5% of Christians give 10% to the Lord. The rest don't give anything. And that's why churches sometimes just can't do what they like to do. We get over it anyway. We just do what we can do. We just go for it. We're not negative. But see, all this principle comes because money is guiding people. Now, let me ask you a question. In 25 years, how many people have come to the Lord in our campuses? I have no idea. It's not about me. That's why we build our campuses. It's not about a building. It's not about me. It's not about messages. It's about people coming to Jesus Christ. Because the only thing that matters is people. Well, Pastor Mark, you're into riches and you're what? Riches? If you knew the pastors here, most of the pastors we have on staff, and they would never tell you this, took way more than a half, 50% discount to come and work here. I came way more than that. And I'm not doing it at the break. I can't because God called me. And he provides my sources. And you need to get control of the money. Because for most of you, money controls you. Instead of you controlling money. And I say that with love from my heart. Because you can't be free to do what you want to do. And it's not just giving the church. It's your time, your talents, all the rest. Now let me ask you a question. <laughs> How much money and wealth is enough? Okay, I'm going to go way to the past. How many of you remember when you made $2 an hour? You young people look around because you'll be shocked. How many remember? Come on, put your hand up. How many remember when you made $2 an hour? Okay, good. I made $2 an hour. I was going to college, and I was in a pharmacy. It was a five-year program. And I was there, and I'd work as an intern in Dearborn, in Dearborn, Michigan. I worked as an intern, made $2. And I used to think, wow. Yeah. If I could ever make $5, praise God, heaven would be done. I mean, I'd just, I'd just be out of my mind. Well, I graduated, became a pharmacist, and I made $5. Then they got married. And I said to my wife, $5 is amazing. We looked at each other. Really? This wasn't yesterday, by the way. And uh, you know what happened to my desire that went from two to five? The line went up to 10. And has your line ever gone up where you've been? By the way, is it still going up? How many of you said this last year? If I could only have... mm -hmm, I'd be satisfied. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about this. I want you to see these verses. They are so powerful. Whoever... By the way, this is written thousands of years ago in the Old Testament. Whoever loves money never has enough. Two to five to ten to 20, to 50, wherever you're at. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. This too is meaningless. Here's what I want you to write. Seriously, write this down. Money cannot bring contentment and satisfaction. I don't care how much you make. It will never bring you contentment. It will never bring you satisfaction. This is from God. This isn't man's idea. God is trying to say the only person that can bring you contentment and satisfaction is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing else will happen. Because we leave this earth naked and empty handed. You will never be content because we always want more. That's our old sin nature. More, 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 more. By the way, that's why the drug trafficking gets crazy. That's why the sexual and pornography gets crazy. That isn't enough. It doesn't satisfy. That isn't enough. I need more. I need more. I need more. I need more more money. I need more things. I need a larger TV. I need a... And it just goes on and on and on for all of us. Look at the next one. Same time period. People who work hard, kind of the average worker, sleep well. Whether they eat little or much, but the rich seldom get a good night's sleep. You see, money doesn't bring peace of mind. No, it doesn't bring peace of mind. When you think about this, what happens is wealth brings stuff, stocks, business, more things, all kinds of projects. And all of a sudden when we're sleeping, if we have lots and lots and lots and lots and we're adding to it, guess what happens? We toss and turn thinking, well, if that doesn't work here, then I'm going to be overdrawn over here and this doesn't work over here and whatever. Contrast to the common labor. Here's the common labor. This the guy working a uh, you know, job in the morning or whatever. And he thinks about what? Food, water, shelter, kind of the basic things. And when he gets home at night, he doesn't worry about the stock market and he doesn't have anything in the stock market. He just goes to sleep because he's dead tired you see what I'm trying to say to you? Now, look at the spiritual connection to money and bondage. Look at the last part of verse 10 again. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith. They've walked away from God. They've wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. See, the love of money brings bondage and causes, if we're not very careful causes spiritual decline in my life and unfruitfulness. Striving after wealth causes people to neglect the main things in life, which are God and their walk. Now notice something. They wander away from God. How do you wander away from a relationship with God? You don't do it like this. Thanks God, see you. No, you wander away from God by Uh, no, that scripture isn't for me. I don't love money, God. I'm perfectly fine here. Man, I wonder what's going to happen. I don't have time, God, for my quiet time. i got to check the stock market and the Wall Street Journal because if that doesn't go, I'm going to have to flip to this. And pretty soon, money becomes my God and God goes down on the list. This is not uncommon. This is common. Who wants that to happen? Satan. But what did Jesus say? You can't serve God and money. Oh, I can do it. I'm pretty astute. No, you can't. And it doesn't happen like that. It's you wonder. Some of you have walked away from God. Your relationship is not there anymore. You don't have quiet times. And you wonder how you got there. Well, it's the stuff... That is in front of us. Think about this. Look at this verse in 419. But the worries of this life. The deceitfulness of wealth. And the desires for other things. Come in and choke the word of God. That you're hearing this morning. Making it unfruitful. You understand this morning. Simply what that says. The word is called the seed, and it's coming from me. It's not me. I'm just the one scattering this seed to you this morning. And the person that's worried about wealth, some of you are saying, eh, it's none of his business whether I'm in debt or not or whatever. And pretty soon, that seed is useless. It isn't going into your heart. It's not my, my word. It's not my truth. It's God's truth. And, and you're making fun of it and can't wait to get out of here. I don't want to hear that kind of stuff anymore. I'm just going to do my life. No, and pretty soon you're useless in the kingdom of God. See, we're to be investing our lives in people. Not stuff. Nothing wrong with having stuff. We all have stuff. We all have great stuff. I love getting a new car every once in a while. I get Another 10-year-old car. Eventually one day I'll get one again. Whatever. And I'm going big debt to get it just to show you I can overcome that. No, the last two cars that we bought, actually every car we bought in the last 30 years, we save money and we pay cash for it. We just buy it. Well, you make a lot of money. No, I don't make a money. We know how to handle money. And I learned it from the Bible and from my parents. Now, what bad things can happen? What griefs could happen to a person if, they, if the money handles them? Let me tell you a grief that will happen to you. I'm speaking mostly to young parents right now. If you're not careful... If you look at your generations in our homes, we have generations that mom and dad, grandpa, not so much grandpa anymore, but it's, it's getting old enough that that happens. There's always been a debt mentality. And the kids pick up on that. So they're going to be in debt. They're going to be in debt. And they see nothing wrong with it. I want to tell you, if you go through the Financial Peace University, you will discover principles that can get you out of debt. And you can break the bondage to debt. Not just for you, but from the generations that will live after you. Your kids, your grandkids. What a blessing to be free, to live, as God wants your grandkids and grandkids to live. I mean, just serving him investing for the kingdom. But somebody has to stop it. That's you. That's why you want to be in the course. Because if you're not, that will continue on. And when you see your kids struggling with money... It pierces your heart. See, we did this whole thing for you. Not for the church. We did it so that you could be free. Your family could be free to do the things that God wants. Now, look what Jesus says. My last two verses for you. So don't worry about these things saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of Unbelievers, as Christians, we're not to be like unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows your needs. Wow. You see, God knows what I need, and He'll provide it for me. He's a good, good Father. He provides what we need. So, of course, I want to have a plan. I want to have a budget. I want to have a retirement. I want to do all of those things. I want to have health insurance, of course. Well, I'm always healthy. I don't need health insurance. I don't need to provide for health insurance. Yeah, wait till you get a surgery one time. And you get the bill with no health insurance. For many people, that ruins the rest of their whole life. Because easily, many surgeries today cost over $100,000. Some of them $200,000. Well, I'll just file bankruptcy then, Pastor Mark. No, that's not a wise thing to do. What kind of a witness is that? So see, you have to understand God cares for us. Now, here's the last one. I'm going to leave it with you. Here it is. Seek the kingdom of God above everything else and live righteously, righteously, right relationship with God, and he will give you everything you want. It's fantastic. Can I hear an Amen. Yeah, you didn't read the screen. (laughs) Sorry, I got you. Let's read the last line. And he will give you... Not want. Want is the get monster. Need is trusting God with his wisdom. Now you can say, amen. Now, if you don't believe that, then you don't believe that he's a good, good father. Whatever I need to do life... Whatever you need to do, life, if we use common sense and we cooperate with him, he will give us everything we need. I want you to write two things down, then I'm going to pray and we're done. Here it is. Number one, don't desire to be rich. Desire God. Desire God. Make your needs and requests known to God, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. See, he's not against things. He's not against people. He's not against goodness. He's not against fun. He's not against vacations. He's not against cruises, although I don't know where the cruises are going to go anymore, but other than that, he's not against any of those. He loves to give generously to his kids. But we have to realize he's doing that so I can give generously to other people and minister to them and provide for more than 21 missionaries as the need comes. And number two, don't love money, love God. You see, the main thing in Satan's world is get, get, and debt. Because if he gets you more, 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 there's going to be a credit card somewhere in there and it's going to be debt, 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 debt. And then I wander away and money replaces my relationship with God. That's why the Bible has 2,000 500 verses on money because it's the number one danger, even though it's a great blessing to every person. Unbelievers, that's the way they live. They don't have a God relationship. You and I do. We want to put God first and desire him. I just want to say this. Look at me for a moment. By the way, if you're new this morning, just stop at the New to Calvary afterward. Glad to have you. He said, Pastor Mark, do you always talk about money? No, only when you come. (laughs) Actually, I want to confess to you. Over 25 years, I believe I've been wrong because I haven't taught enough on money. I know how people hate it. They get anxious about it. But when I realized how many things were there and what our world's doing, I just said to God, I've been wrong. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to teach on a course every week and all this stuff. Basically, we teach when we come to it. But when there's 2,500 verses, wow. I want to be truthful to you, and I want you to see. I want you free. I want every one of you free. Now, if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the first freedom you need is freedoms from sin. I'll be down here. We'll have people down here praying with you. We'll have people down here with just general needs. But over here at this area, I'll be there. Maybe you've wandered away this morning. And you need to come back home. Come on home. God's gracious. He's generous with His grace. Thank God. And He'll take you back.
0: Pastor Mark has been teaching the importance of getting our relationship with money and stuff and God into the proper alignment. God relies on us believers to fund the activities of ministries here and around the world. If we're unable to do so because of extensive debts, we can't serve God as completely as He wants us to, and we're slaves to debt. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com This brings us to the end of Part 3 of Free to Live as God Intended. In the next message, Pastor Mark will speak about the differences between godly character and worldly character. He will teach us from Scripture what the different actions look like and the consequences of each. We'll be encouraged to seek out God's way and pursue humble living. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Free to Live as God Intended. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: in a hurry.